0: Hello there everyone. Uh, my name is Austin. Welcome to Horror Fiends. I'm joined today uh, for episode six by my buddies John and Chris. Fellas, how are we doing tonight?
1: Very
2: good, very good. I'm doing great.
0: Nice. Um, but today for episode six we're reviewing a movie. It's called Lights Out. It was made in 2016, so relatively new. Directed by David F. Sandsberg. i um, just going to start off with the plot um, and kind of go from there. But um, fellows, any thoughts before we we start up the movie?
2: Uh, yeah, I got got to mention that this will be our first episode after um, we recorded all 5 of the first episodes and then released them. So, we've uh, we're live. I've had a chance to review some of the content we've put out and there's a couple of technical difficulties, but we're going to work through it. We're going to get better, you know. I like what I heard. It can it's going to get better though.
1: If you're still listening to us after those 5 Fucking shitters of episodes. Thank you for hanging around. Um, this is uh, my first time watching. This is the first episode um, that we're doing of this podcast of a movie that I have not seen before. Um, and I believe it's true for these two other fiends
2: as well, right?
0: It is. this was my first watch as well. Chris, I think you've seen it before though, right?
2: Yeah, I've seen it a couple times actually. So um, I'll be today's expert, but... Uh... <laughs> I'm happy to hear what you guys are or looking forward to hear what you guys are going to say about it. Cause you know, I have my thoughts. I've seen it.
0: All right. Well, we can kind of get started. Like I said, lights out, uh, 2016. Um, so movie starts off. We'll just kind of jump into the plot. Um, the movie opens with a, a big bright light, which is, um, you know, kind of ironic lights out. Um, but it opens with this, this man, FaceTiming his, His kid, um, the man, we find out his name is Paul, um, and the kid's name is Martin. Um, and they're just FaceTiming to start sort of in this, um, I want to say almost abandoned, um, office or factory like building. It's, it's definitely not in, um, neat shape. It's kind of just arranged. There's, um, kind of mannequins everywhere. It's a dark setting. Um, but he's just FaceTiming this man, um, Paul is FaceTiming his, his kid, Martin, um, and Martin is saying while they're FaceTiming that um, his mom has been talking to herself again. So that's kind of how the movie starts off. Um, and from there, it pans to an assistant of, of Paul. Um, and she states to Martin that um, she's seen something in the darkness of this office and the lights were turned out on her. Um, they're kind of flicking on and off. And there's a big jump scare. Kind of scared me pretty well. Fellas, I don't know if you, you felt the same. But I thought it was like the first jump scare of the movie on The Assistant. Um, and we we get this first peek of Diana, which is really the main villain of the movie. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on that?
1: The first um, the introduction scene at the textile warehouse building was um, very good. I uh, The first one got me as well, Sauce. I think in general that the setup of the jump scare was very good. The character design for Diana, this uh, troll-looking fucked woman, is very good. And I think they, uh, they do a good job of sort of playing with uh, her two eyeballs or the only light that you kind of see and you get a silhouette. But uh, yeah, the, the, the scene in which the the woman jumps out at the assistant, I think, was the best jump scare in the whole movie. For it to happen first was very i think it was it was well timed uh so yeah in general i think the the overall the first scene at the warehouse the textile warehouse was was very solid uh chris what did you think
2: uh obviously we usually mention this ahead of time but there's uh spoilers ahead so if you have uh, yes the movie, don't forget <laughs> that we're gonna spoil the shit out of it right now um as john just did which is good. That's the point. So, yeah, the opening scene, we're about halfway through it here still because, uh, you know, we see that first jump scare. And then there's uh, the whole kind of first sequence before they roll credit has a, a lot of action. So I, I like it. Sauce, if you want to.
0: Yeah, so I'll, I'll take over from there. But just wanted to mention that that was the first jump scare of the movie. Um, I don't know if it's just the very beginning that it just caught me off guard, um, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, but pretty much from there, the assistant lets um, Paul know that there's something there, something weird, whatever that um, creature is. Um, and then we don't see from her again. I think she leaves. Um, but then from there, Paul proceeds to to walk and, and take a look through this abandoned warehouse to, to see what's going on. Um, and he essentially sees the same thing, this creature that's, um, it's kind of a really cool scene. There's just like a... a a row of lights going down where there's gaps of darkness and light. And um, this creature is just sitting in the darkness um, and he's just staring down at it down a tunnel um, and the lights just continue to flicker and slowly um, this creature just gets closer and then gets to the point where Paul kind of walks up, doesn't see this thing anymore. And then it just comes out of nowhere and it attacks his leg. It just completely gashes open his leg. From there, um, Paul is really freaked out. He, he looks to get out of there and he just runs to a room that is up ahead further that he notices has light. Um, he kind of picks up right away that this thing doesn't like um, the light. So he runs to this room. Um, once he makes it into that room, the lights just kind of flick off on him, of course. Um, they flicker on and off. Um, and he just kind of has nowhere to go. The door slowly creaks open and then it just immediately cuts to scenery. He gets attacked, kind of just plunged into a wall and um that scene ends with him just in one of those headlights like i talked about down this alley um he's just completely mangled it was another big jump scare when he gets attacked um and he's kind of left there
1: so Uh, let me jump in right here um let's let's also mention to the people that um this movie is rated pg-13 and i thought the opening of this movie was not very pg-13 it was rather spooky for those 13 year olds in my opinion
0: yeah, I agree. I think that's sort of not John, and I think that's one of the things just going into this movie that you, I knew was going to turn you off to it just because it is PG-13, but I, I definitely agree the opening scene was really well done. I agree. Um,
1: uh, real quick, too, I also just want to throw this in very quick that it's sort of acknowledged that uh, Paul, uh, Giuseppe, we call him Giuseppe, uh, his <laughs> wife is, uh, they, sort of, they sort of let it slip that uh, his wife is very sick. So they kind of they kind of lead you into this guy's family, knowing that the wife is sick.
0: But yeah, like I said, that's the end of the scene. From there, we are met at the next scene with um, Rebecca, who is actually the the daughter of the um, the first man shown that was killed. So Paul, we're met with her and um, her boyfriend. His name is Brett. I'm essentially, just hanging out in this house, or I guess an apartment. They're just kind of hanging out. Um, You notice that uh, Rebecca has some kind of, at least I noticed she had some kind of scars on her arm for whatever reason. Um, But essentially they're just hanging out. Brett is, I don't don't even know how to describe it. He's just, uh, they're they're slowly getting to know each other. It's been like eight months, but uh, Rebecca's kind of just, I want to say like pushing this dude away. But Brett on the way out, he leaves a a sock in this, In this drawer um, just to kind of, I don't know, I guess leave his Mark and uh, Rebecca just immediately finds the sock and tosses it out back to him on the way there. Um, So fast forward after that scene with Rebecca, um, we flash forward to again, Martin um, a scene where he's just wandering around in his bedroom um, and he's met by the mother um, whose name is Sophie in this movie. She's just in the bedroom. She's talking to herself, just kind of uttering, not making any sense. And then it just pans to a dark spot in the room. Um, the mother kind of dismisses Martin, tells him to go to bed. Um, and then out of nowhere, a hand curls around the door behind the mom and um, really scares Martin. And he kind of runs off. Um, but I thought it was worth mentioning that the mom doesn't really react. Um, she kind of just stays there when this hand pops up. So she doesn't run, but Martin does. And then after Martin runs away, he he runs back on into his bedroom it's kind of a, a scratching and slow turning on the door. And then it just kind of cuts from there um, as another end of the scene. From there, it kind of cuts to a scene where Martin's at school. He's he's not sleeping very well, so he fell asleep at school and needed someone to come pick him up. So um, his sister, Rebecca, and Brett come to um, pick him up. Um, it's explained to them as well that he fell asleep in, in homeroom. Um, a child protective services agent kind of questions Rebecca about Martin's living conditions and what's going on in the home. And Rebecca tells the official that um, Sophie Martin's mother has been on like depressant and antidepressant drugs. Um, from there, they go back home to to visit Sophie, the mother um, and Martin tells the sister that um, the mother has been talking to a woman named Diana um, and Rebecca kind of assures him that Diana isn't real and that she also heard that their mother Um, she also heard her mother talk to the imaginary girl when she was a child. Um, and Rebecca gets into an argument with Sophie when she realizes her mother is not taking her medication. So that's kind of a, a big point in the plot, um, or like a big theme, just, um, Sophie, the mother not taking her medication. Um, and Sophie tells Rebecca, she has no right to lecture her since she's also abandoned her like Rebecca's father. Again, just questioning the mother's sanity. Rebecca ends up taking Martin to her apartment. Um, from there. So they kind of just get out of there. They don't want Martin to stay at at Sophie's house. They just think it's unsafe and she's not sane. Um, So Rebecca ends up taking Martin to the apartment. He spends the night there. We're then followed by a scene of Rebecca, who's woken by the same monster that killed her her father. So Diana, Um, she barely escapes um, when she turns on the lights that monster Diana was kind of just scratching at the ground, um, kind of another dramatic scene of the dark, and she she barely is able to get out of it without what well, before she turns on the lights. After that, she kind of walks into the bathroom, and she finds Martin sleeping in the bathroom, just scared. The poor kid just can't sleep because of this monster is just constantly haunting him. From there, Rebecca, she's just convinced she has to go find um, proof that Diana's real, um, since she saw it in person. So she goes back to Sophie's house and she finds a box in Sophie's house of all these medical records and research of in her father's office. And those findings reveal that her mother was admitted to a mental hospital as a child. Um, Where there, she actually met Diana who um, she befriended and Diana suffered from a severe skin condition that meant she could not go out in the sunlight. It was believed that she was evil and was able to get into people's heads and since Diana's father committed suicide after Diana influenced him to kill herself himself in the end. Um uh, but Diana was essentially accidentally killed in the hospital staff where they they tried some sort of um, experimental surgery on her um, under intense light. And Sophie has a conversation, I'm sorry, Sophie after has a conversation with Martin, who was taken back to her mother by the CPS agent and she decides to allow Martin to meet Diana after turning the light off. Um but essentially, Just to kind of summarize everything that I just said there, Rebecca finds the proof about Diana that she was real, but she was killed. Um, Also wanted to mention, while Rebecca is looking through those boxes of medical records, Diana meets both Rebecca and Brett again, um, kind of chases them around the house, um, and essentially tries to strangle Rebecca by her necklace um, before they get out and escape the house. Um, So that was another pretty intense scene. She's essentially like pulled up on the ceiling. By her necklace and um, almost strangled to death before Brett barges in and saves her. Um, and opening the door creates some light um, to allow Diana to, to run away because she hates the light. But really, so, from- so,
1: let me jump in right here.
0: Okay, another thing I want to say too
1: about they have this gigantic house, like old house, and when you first sort of are seeing the interior of it, like almost every window or curtain is drawn and. Um, it, the house is intentionally being kept dark by the mother, Sophie, uh, which I thought at first was interesting that she was choosing, she understood that this Diana creature doesn't do well in the light and she was intentionally keeping her house dark to keep her there. So that, that's just another interesting, interesting point that when they, when they bring you into the setting, um, this house is completely dark during the day yeah
0: that's a really good point Sean. it's just worth noting that I don't know I believe it's Sophie the mom just if she's purposely keeping the house dark on purpose just to kind of house Diana it's kind of revealed that the really the mom is in cahoots and um, like from that opening scene where Sophie doesn't run away when Diana curls her hand around the door and, and scares Martin but um, for whatever reasons she is uh just keeping the house really dark so that's a good point. Um, really, but from that scene though, after she discovers all the medical records, there's there's kind of this big intervention, um, where they all meet and, um, Rebecca kind of talks to Sophie about, you know, what's going on with Diana. She's not real. And, um, the mom just kind of denies it. Um, she actually, I don't know if this is later on, but, um, she tries to introduce Martin again to Diana. Um, she kind of like, weirdly hangs on to Martin turns off all the lights um, and introduces again, Martin to Diana and Diana just gets right up in Martin's face and he essentially runs out of the house. Um, So that was kind of another intense scene, but from there they just have an intervention. um, And after a lot of fighting about Diana, what's going on, all of them end up staying the night at Sophie's house. I'm not sure you guys can kind of comment on this. What was the reason they decided to stay Um, I think it was actually Martin who who wanted to stay, didn't want to leave his mom. Um, He just felt bad. Is that right? Do you guys remember?
1: I can't remember the exact reason why they stayed that particular night. I think they just wanted to see for their own eyes what this mother is fucking losing her brain, you know, stressing about. And I, I I believe that was the reason is because they they wanted to get proof of Diana existing or not.
2: They, uh, Yeah, you're right. They basically, you know, like you said, sauce, they went in there to have an intervention with the mom and confront her. And she just kind of denies and whatever, but she just storms off, goes upstairs. So they're kind of like, all right, what now? Rebecca was like, all right, you know, let's get out of here. We'll, we'll, you know, come back again tomorrow. And Martin was like, no, we got to stay. We got to help her. So, you know, Martin kind of sets the wheels in motion for basically the rest of the movie, which is, uh, which is that the night of, you know, them staying after confronting the mom. So yeah. They go and like they set up, you know, the house like, all right, we're going to stay over. We're going to turn on all the lights, light a bunch of candles. And then, you know, one of the most shocking things of the movie that when I'm being sarcastic, it was pretty predictable <laughs> is that the power goes out. Oh, no, the lights are off. So that was uh, one thing I was just like, you kind of knew it was coming that once they set up the house. Like, OK, we're going to keep all the lights on, turn everything on. Of course, the, the lights
1: went certainly out. went out.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of what I was getting at next in the plot. So essentially they kind of prepare for the night. They have all these flashlights, candles, things set up in case, you know, the the absolute predictable happens and the power goes out, which it does. Um, but before that, I thought it was worth mentioning. Rebecca comes up to Sophie and they kind of have a talk. They say, you know, want to start fresh in the morning. And again, um, Sophie, the mom, is just sleeping in absolute darkness. So just kind of welcoming Diana and the fact that she doesn't care. She just welcomes Diana. It's just a theme throughout the whole movie that the mom is just welcoming the darkness and welcoming Diana. Um, But yeah, as we mentioned, they go to bed and of course the power goes out. And from there, it's kind of a little bit of chaos. So Rebecca gets up, starts wandering around to see what's going on and leaves Martin. Brett was actually sleeping in the basement when she gets down to check and see what Brett is doing. He is actually gone. He's looking around outside and I believe if I had the order right Diana comes up and tries to attack Brett first when he's outside and scares the shit out of Brett he nearly is able to escape and he actually just completely flees he takes off and leaves Rebecca Martin and the mother there in the house. Is yes, that right so am I getting that There right was
1: part? a there was a very cool scene where uh, Brett makes a fucking heads up move and decides to he's about to get got by Diana and he turns on the uh, the blinkers. He presses the lock on his key, on his key fob to turn this car's headlights on, which disintegrates Diana temporarily. But he manages to escape using, uh, I thought that was a clever move by old bready boy. But yeah, he escapes. And the children, meanwhile, are still locked in the basement. And then I think it cuts to the scene yeah. where the kids, uh, they find like the UV light in the basement, the black
2: light or whatever they called it. Um, when, he, uh, when he does that, the, you know galaxy brain move of turning his headlights on like <laughs> brett, galaxy they, brain move then he just, they just show him getting in the car and peeling out so like you're led to believe that he just like ditches everybody there so i i initially found that scene kind of funny because it's like that the, the kids inside too think like yeah brett just left us here so yeah and
1: the, the whole heart. fucking movie brett's like only character trait was that uh the girl the blonde girl was worried about him leaving her or he wa- it was like they kept bringing up how he's going to leave her or she keeps thinking he was going to leave her and he can't stay the night cause she doesn't want him in her life. So it was very, uh, they set that one up pretty ham ham fistedly there. But yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was just going to say, you know, I definitely thought too, that Brett was going to just bounce. Um, he almost got killed pretty much. And I thought he was just going to be out of there, but something happens later in the movie. I'll touch on it. Don't want to get in now, but I'll keep going on with the plot. So essentially, like John mentioned, um, both Rebecca and Martin are both trapped in the basement from here. Um, And Rebecca finds a black light. um, And when she's using it, she, she runs into Diana again with it. This is kind of like a really cool scene. There was some like writing on the wall that Diana wrote as well as there's, there's just mannequins again, everywhere. Um, there's another really cool scene where we're just going one by one through mannequin heads. All of a sudden you're just right in Diana's face. So another like jump scare. Thought that was a pretty cool scene. And then during that scene, when she finds Diana with this this blue light or whatever, this different type of light she's using, it burns Diana's skin, which uh, usually nothing's happened. When you just turn on the light, she disappears. But for, for whatever reason, this blue light was burning her skin. But essentially from there, they're trapped in the basement. And the the Brett actually calls the police, and the police show up and they walk through the house and they hear Rebecca and Martin in the basement. I mean, essentially, they just both get attacked as well. Um, the male police officer gets killed first. Um, I thought his kill scene was a little bit underwhelming. He just kind of just gets pulled off from what I remember. But the chick police officer that gets killed actually has a little bit of a better scene. Her face is all mangled. Um, and She just kind of drops dead. But yeah, essentially, the, both the police officers get killed off. And from what I remember, Rebecca and Martin are able to get out. They break through the door. And Brett also has arrived, has arrived back with the police officers, so he came back, um, and they're making an attempt to get out of the house. But Rebecca doesn't want to leave her mom alone. The mom hasn't been seen up until this point. She's kind of up in her bedroom still. So Rebecca takes off up after her mom, and Brett and Martin both take out take off out of the house. I mean essentially, we are pretty much at the final scene of the movie where Diana. Pretty much tries to, once again, attack Rebecca. She's not able to to fully kill her. And essentially, we're at like a, a three-way standoff with the mom, Rebecca, and Diana. Um, the mom, Sophie, essentially says, you know, the only way that I can end this all is if um, there's no me. And pretty much just, just ends it all. She, she shoots her brains out. Um, and Diana just disappears. She was just a, a figment of Sophie's imagination. And that's kind of how the movie ends. I feel like I kinda of brushed on that all pretty fast, fellows. So is there anything I didn't cover in those kind of final scenes?
2: I mean, I could I could say it even faster, but you know, I think you did a pretty pretty swell job. Yeah, when uh when she goes to like leave or I shouldn't say leave, but you know, when Brett saves Martin, takes him out of the house and then like you know, that was kind of that whole same thing John mentioned, like, oh, you know, I'm not going to leave you type of stuff. So that was a big theme throughout the movie was like, oh, you know, leaving people and not staying and kind of fighting and whatever. So, you know, Rebecca decides to stay and, you know, try to get her mom and almost dies for it because she gets to eat it off the staircase.
0: Yeah. John, do you have any other thoughts? Anything I didn't cover on the movie? Um,
1: no, I think in terms of, like, the actual plot, I think you covered just about everything that happened. It's a pretty simple plot. There's no real, uh, there's there's one flashback scene in there. Um, I don't remember, I don't believe you touched on, but I, there was a scene where we're taken back to when, uh, Rebecca was a little girl. And it appears as though this Diana, uh, was still hanging around way back when, um, via Sophie, the mother, um, way back when she was a younger girl and there was a couple drawings that sort of indicated that the mother and Diana, um, I, I initially interpreted it when I first, you know, when it was first introduced, there's that picture, the little hand drawing where it appears as though, um, uh, uh, Diana has scratched off the father and replaced herself alongside the mother. So I thought this was a lesbian relationship. Um, it, it wasn't very much fleshed out but it's more so just to signify that Diana is directly attached to Sophie the mother that was the only real note that I had uh, plot wise that, that you kind of missed out on the, the very I guess the very last final scene is uh, a Brett f- uh, fucking telling the, the rest of the family that like hey sorry your mom's blew her brains out in front of you but I'll be here for you guys yeah, pretty,
0: uh, pretty much.
2: Yeah, so that the movie ends on that note. Um, the movie kind of struggled to end itself. You know, it was like you know, it was a very dramatic end. That is a suicide pun, Rainer.
1: <laughs> this movie should have offed itself like an hour
2: before it actually did, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't want to say that. I mean, I think there was there was you know some stuff that could have gotten chopped out in the middle. I'll give you the first fun fact, John. This movie's based on a three-minute short film on YouTube with the same name. Really? Three so minutes? Maybe they should have just stuck with the three-minute <laughs> version.
0: <laughs> no, I was going to say for this movie, I think that's one of the things I actually thought I had going for it is It was actually just pretty much straight to the point. There wasn't any really bullshit or anything unnecessary. It was a really fast movie. It's only like an hour 20 minutes, so I thought I had that going for it. I don't know where you guys' thoughts were, but I just thought it was pretty straightforward.
2: I agree. I mean, if you want to think about how straightforward it is, there's, you know, five main characters and then six with the the villain, and the five characters are a mom, a dad, a son, a daughter, and then a boyfriend of the daughter. Um, And the movie itself, if you don't count like the first scene before the credits roll, um, it's you know that's one location. And then it's basically either at Becca's apartment or Sophie's house. And then there's one little scene at the school. Like that's, yeah. that's the entire cusp of the movie, which, you know, I think, I think bodes well for it. I think it's, uh, you know, something that people who are not wanting a very in-depth and, you know, thought-provoking movie, it's very simple. It's got a lot of action, you know, front to back, but you know, the, the movie itself kind of, it's, it's very easy to follow along. And it's it is, like you said, straight to the point. Yeah. That lot of action and it's only an hour and 20 minutes long
1: it it did feel very quick i i I would say that um the movie felt like it moved uh very quickly and the scenes never you never really state like the the cuts were pretty quick like there was no real scene that kind of lingered the only one that kind of keep that sticks in my mind is the the scene in the basement um where she's discovering the the writing on the walls do um, we know
0: I was sorry to cut you off, John. Do we know what that writing was? I didn't quite catch what it, it said. I had a couple notes. It was like um something about the hospital, but I didn't really make out what those words on the wall were. It was kind of hard to, to see. What I, it was. I think
1: it was mostly generic, uh like I'm stuck
2: down here type bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So like if you basically that scene they kind of make the, the you know, the villain of Diana, like, because originally it's just kind of like this silhouette kind of creature that, you know, is supernatural, has got all these powers, but in that scene, they kind of humanize her in the sense that, like, once they reveal that the the black light just kind of shows her, but she can still, like, move around in it, it doesn't make her go away, that, like, you know, you see that she just looks like a whole fucked-up-looking human being, like, not so much a (laughs) demonic silhouette. So, yeah, it's like, it's the kind of show that, like, as if she's just been stuck down there in the basement and just using blood on her hand or something to write shit on the wall. So yeah, that was like her writing and they did show like a, a, a quick still frame of like what appeared to be an actual like fingerprint that you could make out like that, you know, alluding to the fact that like, if you were to go down there and like a crime scene investigator would eventually see them and be like, Oh, whose fingerprint? And they'd be like, well, this girl has been dead for, you know, Know, 25 years like how the hell is your her fingerprints here type of thing so it was interesting
0: yeah another fun fact um if you guys had a guess how much do you think the budget for this movie was
2: oh i actually didn't look i it. have it this
0: pulled so. up so what do you guys think take a stab at it both you guys
2: yeah t- 2016 like i said it, it was filmed that apparently three and what the fourth location is like a minute scene that they could have made anywhere so I know they shot it on location at the house. Um, I think I don't know about what, how much about the apartment, but um, I'm gonna go ten million and just. It, take I'm a gonna stand. go. I'm okay. gonna go with. I'm
1: gonna go with
0: nine hundred k. Oh, John's going with the low ball. Um, so the budget for this movie is four point nine million. So about Jesus five million.
2: I was gonna say five, yeah,
0: so four point nine million take it can you do you guys have any guesses on how much this movie made
2: uh i i
1: I have a feeling this movie fucking shit its pants at the box
0: office <laughs> you think they went under in value
2: yeah i I don't I think they made money dude i i this was kind of I, I could be totally off here, but I thought this movie was like kind of like a you know hot talking point because it's got a ton of jump scares yeah so there's probably a lot of like talking about it so I'm gonna say. Fuck it! I said ten million. I'll say ten million again. It made ten million. Okay. Dollars. I'll we, say we, it made. I'll say it
1: made fucking three million dollars.
0: <laughs> well, I can tell you guys are well off base. The gross revenue for this movie: one hundred forty-eight point nine million. Oh, no, it Let's go. Up. This, this movie cleaned Let's up. Know. I don't honestly. I don't. Like I, said, yeah,
2: I, I kind of figured because it sounds like it's a movie that would do well in theaters, and people be like, "Oh my god, there were so many scary scenes." You I, I don't remember there. this movie at all. That's, that's
0: what I was going to say, theaters. is I, I don't remember seeing any commercials. Anything there was no marketing. No. So I'm pretty yeah. surprised that it made that I, much money.
2: I disagree. I, I feel like I do have a, a memory. I don't know. I don't think I saw it in the show, but I, I do remember, you know, back, back back then when I watched. I did. I remember watching it like 2016. Yeah,
0: this movie came out a year after we, the summer after we um, graduated high school, so. Can't remember what I was doing that's back true. then, but I was definitely not watching the lights out. That's for sure. Yeah. Cool.
2: Is is that not the same year as the first Avengers movie? Going off the top of my head here, but I think it is. So I think Marvel was just dominating it. Yeah, I, I mean, I got I got a couple of, you know, just final notes on the movie that we can rip through. Yeah, a
0: little rip. Anything we didn't cover, feel free.
2: When they – uh. You know, right after the uh, in, intro credits roll and they introduce us to Rebecca and Brett, they are like, you know, obviously they were like alluding that they had just had sex and whatever. I just thought that whole kind of scene, like it's it's all plot building, but it was just uh, very cringe and that kind of like a cheesy scene. So, I mean, I understand why they had to do it to get some, you know, character context for them, I guess. But yeah, that scene kind of was a throwaway scene. And then, then they go right to... The son's at the nurse's office and, you know, then they're like, oh, mom's not answering. So this is all just kind of bullshit plot building. So until they kind of get back to Rebecca's apartment and, you know, she sees Diane again, like that's kind of where a movie kind of starts to pick up and it really just takes off from there. So uh, there was I think they were kind of early on and even the the opening credits. I liked it a lot. But, you know, it it kind of it didn't make sense really to me until the end until you realize, OK, you know, like. Diana was like trying to kill Paul because Paul was researching her and like trying to get her away from Sophie, his wife. So, you know, they, and they revealed that Rebecca's biological father was killed by Diana as well. So Diana is just targeting people who are trying to help Sophie.
0: Yeah. I would, um, go ahead, Chris, if you got anyway. some more.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, so also, also in the movie, you know, in that intro they were at that, you know, it was basically like a factory and what it was, it was a um, fabric place. It was a textile place. So what they did, there was a ton of mannequins in there cause they were probably putting clothes on them. So there's kind of like creepy mannequins in the opening scene. And then the mannequins return in the basement of the house. And it just kind of was like, they kind of didn't really serve much purpose, but they were just, you know, spooky figures in the background. Um, so I just, I wanted to note that the fact that they kind of had these mannequins in the movie that were just whatever, standing around. Yeah. But other than that, you know, I think the movie itself is pretty simple, which, you know, I think it, was, it does pretty well for it. You know, it can't really be much longer or else it, would, it really would have suffered. I agree.
0: John, what about you? Any any thoughts before we kind of move on to our, our next section here?
1: Um. Well, Sauce, I just want to kind of say that, you know, we watched this together, obviously, and I, um, I sort of told you after the movie, like, yeah, I, I don't know if I really like that. You know, I, as I've kind of sat around on it over the, over the last uh, the day or two here. And really thought about, you know, what do, what do I actually think about this movie? Um, the more that I thought about it, you know, my opinion changed. I think this movie is not bad. This movie is fucking terrible. I think this movie <laughs> is probably the worst thing I've seen all year. Um, this movie is a waste of time. Uh, oh, I oh, I completely goodness. hate everything about this movie. And I feel like this movie had a chance to be good. The first scene was very good at the textile manufacturing. From there, I have in my notes, you know, as it goes on, That the movie gets more and more predictable. The jump scares are the only thing that is scary about it. Um, The character design is definitely scary for Diana. Even though Diana is a fucking terrible name for a villain or a spooky ghost. um, Whatever she is. Nothing in this movie is explained. I don't give a fuck about any of these characters. Uh, The setting is boring as fuck. Uh, The mom just kills herself in front of her family. And... The movie ends with this guy just saying, "Like, hey, I'll be, I'll be there for you." It was probably the worst ending I may have ever seen in a horror movie. I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. I do not recommend that anyone here watches this movie. Uh, that's that's kind of what I think. Those are my final thoughts about this movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, John. Um,
2: Damn, John, it's going to be you know hyperbolic about it. You know, I guess we're going to get right into our thoughts. On I guess so. Sauce if you sauce if you want to. State your case because I feel like you might at least land somewhere more in the middle. But I will, I will stand to defend this movie at least just based on what John said because that was a little over the line in my opinion. I, I'm willing I, to I,
1: explain myself on on every single one of those points. No,
2: you've explained plenty. <laughs>
0: um, I I think I am somewhere in the in the middle for this movie. I don't think it's anything like great. I don't think it's anything terrible like John thinks. I think it's okay. I think uh the one thing that's holding it back. Um, is the fact that it's PG thirteen? I think it could have been a little bit more graphic. Just could have added a little bit more. I thought this, like the scenes, uh, like all the kills were were not very graphic. I I will give John the fact that it can be a little bit predictable towards the end, and the definitely the character development was not there at all. But I think the things that it does have going forward, it was definitely straightforward. Like I mentioned, I thought some of the jump scene, jump scare scenes were pretty good. Through the beginning, they got me a couple times there. Uh, this is definitely more so like my style of movie, where it's just like jump scare. I feel like it keeps you on edge um, throughout the the entire movie because you never know when the next jump scare is coming. Um, I actually thought the the camera work for it was pretty good. How it was, um, they had some cool scenes where it was just kind of like peering into like a dark space. I thought that was pretty cool, kind of like some first person views like you're looking into that dark space i thought that was cool but yeah overall i thought it was an okay movie it's definitely not great but i don't think it's anything terrible i just think it's kind of somewhere in the middle of an okay movie um you know if you're just looking to watch something with a lot of jump scares something that's really straightforward to the point um not really too much of a plot um then this movie's for you i'd recommend watching it if you just want to watch something quick quick spook Um, But yeah, those are all, overall, my my final thoughts on the movie. I'll let you take it over, Chris, to see where you stand on it.
2: I like what you mentioned there at the end, where you said that, you know, if you're a type of person who, you know, is looking for a simple-to-watch movie, or maybe like a less experienced horror movie watcher, movie watcher in general, it's a very easy movie to get into. And people like John like to watch movies that make you think that are two and a half hours long (laughs) and that have to really get you going. So, I understand where John's coming from. I just think that he has a slight different taste than sauce and I, and you know, I will give him this, that this movie was very predictable. And I think what kind of hurt it too, was that they almost overused the jump scare aspect of the villain. It was, it was a good villain. It was a shitty name. And you know, the backstory was, was kind of silly, but the, they used the jump scare in so many scenes that, which was good. Cause it kept you on your edge. You know, it was, it was a very suspenseful, movie because they kind of threw so many jump scares at you but you kind of got numb to it towards the end because you're like okay here's the lady in the dark again so they kind of overplayed their hand on that one and it is predictable you know like I said the of course the power went out why wouldn't it Um, of course the cops showed up and they were absolute dumbasses like cops always are in horror movies like these were some two of the most inept cops in horror movies that you will see so you know that you always can come to expect and it was like you know Mom's off her meds. Heard this story I before. My so, meds. Again, <laughs> so you know, I, I definitely think that he's got a point there. But you know, it's I think it does its job and does what it's it tried to do, which would just be a in-your-face type movie. It was pretty simple to follow, which you know doesn't is kind of good and bad for this ty- style of movie. Um, plot works for the movie, but it is pretty boring and predictable. But I think that somebody can watch this movie and get enjoyment out of it and not get too caught up in, you know, the the emotional side of the movie and just kind of enjoy it for what it is, which is an in-your-face jump scare movie, which is how we come to, to watch it. Because Sauce just searched a movie that was high on jump scares and said we're going <laughs> right. I would agree. Um, and I want to talk about the acting, too, real quick. I mean, you know, I'm not, not any of these actors and actresses are... Well known that I know of by name, or know through other movies. I'm sure there are are in other horror horror movies. Um, Acting, you know, I don't want. I wouldn't say it's like like bad, but I think they were definitely held back by some of the script. You know, some of the scenes were just pretty. And I think the kid overall was probably the best actor. The mom was, you know, just playing a role of a a crazy lady, so she was whatever. Rebecca had the more prominent role. Was kind of centered around her and. I think she did a good enough job. So the acting, I don't think, uh, helps or hurts the movie. You know, certainly doesn't help it. Definitely the the plot doesn't either. But overall, I liked it. You know, it's a short movie. It's got a lot of action in it. And if if John hates it that much, that means I'm probably going to like it. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Let's go right into the scores, I guess. And I know last week I, I gave my score last. So well I'll go ahead and start. Chris,
1: before we before we give out our scores... I just, I'm curious, you know, you say, like, people might get enjoyment out of this. I, I'm just curious, what did you guys actually find enjoyable about this movie? Like, what what particular part of this movie was, was enjoyable to you?
2: I liked the fact that you did feel like you needed to sit back in your seat at certain times, and not towards the end, because it was predictable, but there were times where you felt like you had to sit back, because you were suspenseful. suspense, you wouldn't know if it was coming you know, the jump scare or not, so I didn like I like to usually lean in and I'm writing down or doing whatever. So like you kinda not necessarily like putting your hands over your face like type scary, but you know, you were kind of waiting for it and you kinda knew it was coming. I like getting that feeling of like, okay, you know, something's about to happen and it's gonna be spooky or loud. Um and I, I guess I also just enjoyed the fact that it was uh you know it was a, it was a good little watch in my mind. It's something I could put on. And you know, kind of just get get through, and not really have to turn the brain on. It is easy much. to digest. I,
1: know, like, I, I will so. give it that. Yeah, you know,
2: like sixty five percent brain power will get yep. you through it.
0: Yeah, I was going to say as well. That's probably what I enjoyed out of the most, and what it has going forward is just the fact that you always felt like you were on edge, and um, for those jump scare scenes, you don't know when they're coming. Um, and there's a lot throughout the movie, so it just constantly kind of feels that way. Just constant suspense. I thought the the villain was, was pretty decent, like some of the scenes, like the eyes popping out. I think they could have done a little bit of a better job with it, but as far as like what the villain looked like, it was a little bit creepy. Um, but yeah, otherwise, the fact that it was just super short, like don't really have to turn your brain on to watch it, I think, is what it has going for it. One of the reasons I enjoyed it. You don't really have to think too much. Just kind of on edge, jump scare kind of movie.
1: Gotcha. All right. I, I respect those oh, answers. Cool. Those, those are better answers Uh, that i i don't think i really put too much thought into so i will accept i I will give it at least a little bit of credit that it is an easy watch and that it does uh it does keep you on edge uh in in certain scenes
2: yeah i also did enjoy that you know because like rebecca's apartment was like made out to be like you know punk rock or whatever she did have an event sevenfold poster and i'm a very much enjoy enjoyer of their music, so that gave me gave it some brownie points. You know
1: what? You know what?
2: That actually r-
1: reminded me. So she lives... Sauce, so I don't think you explained. She lives, like, above a tattoo parlor with a giant neon tattoo sign. There was yeah, a cool it's, scene it's, that... It's a pretty
0: dumpy place.
1: I mean, it's a dump, but there was a cool scene initially when uh, the gypsy woman was carving her name into the wood, and she was essentially saved by the flashing light. Like the tattooed neon was coming on and off because it, you know, it's a dumpy tattoo parlor. And, um, I thought it was actually kind of clever that they played with the light coming in from through the window of the neon sign. I will give it that at least. Um, that was a, a cool scene. I think that we just forgot to mention earlier, but I, I think now we can get into our, our final scores. Um, I, I, I have a lot to say. Um, so I
2: will, I will go last. Um, Chris, why don't you lead us off? I'll get right into it. I mean, I'm going to give the movie a 2.5, same as last week, same as Friday the 13th. It is two of the lowest scores that I've given so far, but, you know, 2.5, this movie does its job. It's got good jump scares. It's a horror movie, you know, kind of stereotypical and... You know, it's something that I would, and I have watched this now probably two or three times, so I would, I would put it on just for a little background noise and a little action or maybe watch it with, uh, you know, a lucky lady that you're spending the night with. It It is on Hulu, by the way, people. So feel free to watch it for free there if you have a Hulu subscription. So I think it's something you can enjoy with somebody else, you know, you know, maybe somebody trying to get closer to, um, but also, yeah, I mean, I've kind of said a lot about it, but it's, uh a solid 2.5 and i'm I'm excited to see what you guys think sauce
0: um well to be honest chris you kind of took the the score that i was going to give it right out of my mouth i was also thinking 2.5 um and i think you you made a very good point that i kind of imagine this movie um 2016 i can imagine you like going on a date with someone you're getting to know and it's just like a jump scary kind of movie so it's to the point where like you can um, can kind of like get close to someone like that. I think this would be a, a good movie for that. So that's a really good point. Um, but yeah, kind of my point, like I said, just, um, don't have to turn on your mind for it. Um, lots of jump scares. I like the, the camera work for this one. You know, the plot wasn't the greatest, like John said, I definitely agree there, but, um, I think it's a good enough, just, you know, a, a typical horror movie. And, um, I think a 2.5 is a pretty just justifiable score for me. Um, but John, take it away with your—I'm sure—horrible score here.
1: All right. Well, b- before I before I give you my score, I'm just going to give you some other things that I that I wrote down in my notes. Um, I did just kind of uh, eviscerate it earlier, but I'm just going to go over some even more facts that I wrote down. So I I basically I interpret this movie as um, essentially the mother Sophie is directly attached to Diana. Because Diana is a theoretical or uh, thematic manifestation of mental illness, um, and it's not quite, you know, established that it's depression or if it's, you know, you know, bipolar or maybe she's schizophrenic or something like that. Um, but I, I kind of directly tie Diana. Um, the ending kind of confirms it when she kills herself. Essentially, the the mental illness goes away and. You know, it, it's a blight on her family. It's a blight on her husband. It's a blight on her son who can't go to sleep at night because of her mother. Her mother is taking pills. When she doesn't take the pills, she sees Diana. When Dian- when she does take the pills, Diana goes away. It's a very, it's a very on-the-nose. Uh, Diana is an on-the-nose symbol for depression. And the, what the director or the writer says is that if you just kill yourself, you can free your family from all the burdens that they're feeling. Which is a terrible message, and I will say also, Chris, you mentioned earlier, the backstory for Diana is one of the most preposterous. I have a note in my notes, a note that says, did this bitch just explode in the chair? I think they quite literally expect the audience to believe that she, this girl has a skin condition that if she's exposed to enough light, she will evaporate or disintegrate and turn into a omniscient attached ghost who is a quite literally a real thing that can kill people even if they're not directly associated with the family so she's not even symbolic it would make sense if she just killed the father or if she was able to harm the family but these two cops just walk in there and just get fucking killed by this symbol for mental illness i hate i i cannot stand the ending it is stupid as fuck i i i don't know any any sort of um, decent score that I would have given it was completely evaporated by the ending um the acting in this was not good uh, the child actor specifically was very bad the guy who was playing oh, Brent w- oh, uh Brett was terrible he didn't add anything to yeah, this movie.
0: John what was bad about the the child actor
1: the, the the child the child actor let me put it this way when he delivered the line he was in the basement there was a specific line where he looks to his sister and was like, don't ever leave me this is also a, uh, a plot point that made no sense the girl immediately leaves her little brother right after he told her not to leave her and breaks off to go yeah. look at the fucking the the writing on the wall she was alone for that scene she immediately left that kid all alone in the boarding room
2: yeah <laughs> what the fuck the kid is like he, he, he a lot of his scenes were unrealistic too it's like a child like this would not be Saying the way, saying the things the way he was saying them, and feeling that way, and being okay with it. like he just seemed kind of okay with. The he yes,
1: he, he was it. very passive about the current situation that he faces at home with an actual ghost that is haunting him. Yeah. This 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 fucking crazy yeah, mother. This crazy mother, um, Diana. Why does she not? Why is she so interested in killing the kids? What does she have against the kill? Why is she constantly trying to attack Rebecca? It's never
2: established. Be- well, no, I think it is kind of implied that she. You know, realizes that the kids are trying to make the mom better. That's the whole thing. Is like they know that the kids are trying to help the mom and the mom, and that's going to make Diana go away. Okay,
1: all right,
0: Th- good point. Anything, good point.
2: Anything that threatened Diana's you know connection to yeah. Sophie was you know, had to be destroyed. exactly that was, I see.
0: that was the whole reason she was trying to attack everyone else is just to keep that connection with the mother.
1: Okay, I gotcha. Um, and I had one more point the the soundtrack of this movie. Um, it could have been a lot better. I think with as many jump scares as they did, it got so played out by the end that the the sharp strings that you see in every fucking jump scare horror movie, um, it, it got it got kind of old. So I I thought the first scene was great because it established this villain that was convincingly like pretty pretty brutal, pretty good character design, and an interesting concept that it can only be seen in the darkness. So I think it had it had three great things going for it, and the movie played it out to no end. So, Chris, it's interesting you mentioned yeah. that it was a three-minute short film because I think this would be a much better short film. Even though this movie was as quick as it is, I still think the middle part from where the intervention happens... Uh, actually, I would say from where the point that the child is in the counselor meeting to the point where the uh, the lights go out in the house was a big old waste of time. And it was a lot of exposition that was very on the nose. And yep. it was just trying to move it to a place where you, all right, well, let's get a reason for all these characters to be in the same place for a single night. And we're going to, we're going to have lots of spooks and goofs. And I think that was what the director wanted. And I think he didn't do a very good job of filling
2: in that blank there. I think you're making some some pretty good points there, John. So I see where you're coming from. I think uh, you're kind of making sauce and i sound like a couple of, Couple of I'll <laughs> be like, "Oh, it's a scary movie, just, and you're you're getting a little technical with it, but you're making." I'm just sure. telling you what I was, what I was to... thinking during the movie. Nope, that's you're, I, I, you're you're opening my eyes a little bit too.
0: He's definitely making some good points, but I just don't think this is a type of movie that the plot really. I mean, he's picking apart the plot, but the plot wasn't really the the main purpose of the movie. I think it was just a couple quick spooks, jump scares type of movie. But he's really picking apart the the nitty gritty of the plot, so. I see. Yeah, look, it makes sense, but I don't it. think that's what the movie was intended for—to really take a deep dive into the plot like that.
1: No, no, agreed. No, no the point of this movie is if you have mental illness, is to kill yourself.
0: <laughs> it's definitely not a great message, but um... <laughs>
1: that's where it leaves you. I can't, I can't give it a good score with that fucking ending. That ending <laughs> pissed me off so much. Even if it, even if it ended um, with uh, something as simple as diana it like comes to grips with or sophie comes to grips with who diana actually is i think that would have been a better that was the that was the even more predictable ending but i think i would have liked that better than this out of left field mom has a fucking revolver on her and is ready to just blast herself away in front of her children and that will that will save them i just think that is absurd
0: i think what they were trying to go for is really when you walk away right from the movie you're just saying, you know, wow, that movie was really fucked up um, because it's not the ending you want to see. It's the the kind of yeah. ending that, that's going to upset you. So it's like something to yep. make you walk away and say, you know, uh, that, that ending really sucks. It was really fucked up. So um, obviously it's not a great message, but I think it's more so just like a talking point or. Something else to think about throughout the movie. I don't know, but yeah, it's definitely not a great ending. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Let me actually give you my score for this movie, by the way. One point two.
0: Okay.
2: You have us. One point two. I think it's fair. Yep. All right. I mean, I, I can, I can, I can see where you're coming from there, John. So, I will. Uh, I'm excited now that fi- I knew somebody for this movie was going to go pick a score in on the ones. And I had a feeling was- I was,
1: I was interested too. I, I thought uh, I, I, from based on Sauce's initial reaction, he was pretty lukewarm on it. Um, and Chris, I wasn't sure what you were going to think. I, so I will say, I, I think maybe I didn't put enough thought into um, if you just wanted to put this on in the background, this is a very, like you said, if you want to pop this on with someone you don't know, this would also be another kind of, I think there'd be even more value going to the show to see this. Because maybe the jump scares are a yeah. little louder. Maybe I, maybe I'm you sure. can take a little more away from that at, at the show than you can, uh, just watching it casually at home by yourself. But the the setting I watched it in, I felt like was not
2: conducive to an enjoyable experience. I was I was going to ask you guys like how was it when you guys watched this movie? Because I basically I had all my lights off and it was pretty much like dusk into into nightfall. So it was it was dark and spooky when I was watching. How about you?
1: I just sort of watch. I mean, having sauce on for the watch party, we were kind of just bouncing. You know, we were calling Paul Giuseppe. We were we were basically <laughs> try- We were struggling trying to figure out who who that these two blonde chicks were at the start. At one point, we thought that the daughter was just a younger version of the mother. Um, and I we couldn't really put two and two together there. Um, I I mean I was just watching this. I mean I I was just watching this at home in the living room. I had the lights on. I had I had the volume blasted up. That's for sure. But I felt like you know yeah. I, I think being in the in a movie theater, I think maybe you walk out of that and being like, oh, you know what, that movie actually kind of got me a couple times. Uh, I'll give it some credit for that. Uh, but my my only takeaway was I thought the intro jump scares were pretty good. Um, but once we sort of figured out who this what this woman was, uh, as soon as they started going into the backstory of this thing, um, I think it just lost its luster a little bit if they left diana as this unexplained more mysterious uh paranormal creature i think i would have liked that better instead of being this depression
2: ghost well let's uh let's talk about it you know you just mentioned who we've been saying the whole time is the villain but is diana the villain what do you think
0: (laughs) is diana the villain or is depression the villain you answer that question sean um
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, I could think of I'm trying to think of a of, of a villain that's not Diana here. It's it's the, it's the mental
0: it's illness. Mom.
1: Well I guess I yeah, guess you like, could say Diana is just a figment of the mother. So really anything that Diana is doing. Well not really, because it's quite literally implied. like do Diana and um Sophie are they ever in the same scene together at the same time? Yeah, okay They are. Like well, from have- one of the
0: first scenes, the the hand creeps behind
1: Okay, so you definitely can't you. say Sophie is Diana. So Sophie is not the villain of this no. movie, in my opinion.
2: Right, and it actually they do say it in the when Rebecca's doing all the research and like. Oh know, right, yeah. They establish the she's a
1: she's a little girl. Like she is just a little girl. Right. Who got she, zapped yeah. in a Diana chair? Was a
2: real person. That like they say like oh she gets in your head like you know they basically thought that she's a, in a way like an evil girl that just kind of possessed. You know, Sophie in a way, but it's also like implied that it's an, a figment of Sophie's imagination. So, like, which is it? Is it, you know, is she possessed? Is she like, you know, the demon attached, or is it just all in her head that, you know, that's what they say at the end with her killing herself is that it was all just in her head. Right. So, but you can't really say it's her fault. It is definitely Diana, the real person. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's true. Cause she was a real person at one point. That is worth noting. It's not like right. she's just completely fake. Um, she was a real character that got killed off so
1: okay that i think it has to be diane i'm trying to i'm yeah. trying to even oh. make a joke out of another character but there's 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 nothing to be had maybe no. giuseppe's assistant
0: <laughs> she was in for After? half a scene and then bounces
1: <laughs> yeah because she was <laughs> she was fucking useless
2: <laughs> i mean Good for her. She's, she she lived. she kept she kept yeah, looking at the right
1: fucking uh, the troll woman, and, and she just kept turning that light on and off. She did it like five times, and she was like, Oh, I, maybe maybe I see it now. Let me check again."
0: I actually thought that scene was pretty good, John. She like it was a pretty scary scene. No, she was it, constantly- it, was,
1: it was definitely a good horror movie scene. I yeah. just think the practicality of this chick looking at it, like clearly something is there. And she just keeps turning that bitch on and then off and then on and then off. Yeah. It goes on for at least four times.
0: And then it's just immediately in your face. Yeah,
1: I think it maybe went like she did one light light on, light off switch too many. Because I, I was like, if this thing doesn't jump at me right now. And then it <laughs> I, did.
0: That's what it has going for, though. It's suspenseful. You think it's going to happen. It just yeah. takes longer yeah, than that, usual. That would, be a
1: good, that would be a good movie theater scene. So I, yeah. I, I, I liked that. I liked everything about that opening scene. It was great uh, with Giuseppe. And then, from that point on it it I think maybe just the lack of Giuseppe made it a a one point two,
0: yeah, I was gonna say for me, I had um I have like some pretty expensive headphones when I was watching it, and I had the volume turned up pretty high, so it essentially sounded like I was in a theater or just like as crisp sound as you can get in your ears, so um, maybe that's why I thought the jump scare scenes were a little bit better because it was exploding in my ear when it was happening, really scared the shit out of me,
1: yep. All right. Should we move on to a uh, favorite scene? Let's, so wait, we've established Diana is the uh, the villain here.
0: Yes. Okay, I would yeah. agree.
1: All right. Good. Uh, maybe mental illness is just a villain. Now that I think about it, maybe this movie says if you, you are an evil person, if you have mental illness, maybe that is the message, but I digress. Um, favorite scene of the movie Uh, i will i will lead off um i will go with i I guess i don't want to say the entire textile scene was my favorite scene of the movie but um i will say that uh giuseppe looking down the uh the hallway and seeing the the creature uh catch up to him i thought that was a, a pretty interesting scene chris don't you normally do honorable mentions am i crazy
2: Oh yeah, please. Okay, me so I, I mean
1: I will give the uh, at least two honorary mentions. I'll give an honorary mention to the scene where uh, Brett plants a sock in the drawer of the uh, of the of the daughter, Rebecca. And Rebecca is in a completely different room, and she somehow immediately picks up the sock <laughs> from the drawer and throws it out the window at him. Uh, there's no reason that she should know where that sock is <laughs> or <laughs> why the fuck he's leaving a sock behind. It's like, it's just, it's just, it's such a ridiculous scene. It reminds me of uh, Annie from Friday the 13th, talking to the dog asking it to speak English. Um, I, I will give a ridiculous shout out to that scene. And then I will give another shout out scene to uh, when the kid says, don't leave me to his sister and his sister less than, you know, a minute of screen time later, later leaves him alone. Those are my two shout-out scenes. Um, but I will I will go with my uh, Giuseppe in the hallway uh, as the best scene in this movie.
0: Chris, you want to take next? I can go last for this one.
2: I got a couple too, John. Um, honestly, usually it kind of is... The last last ones we've done, it's been pretty easy for me to get my, my favorite. This one, actually a lot harder because... It's not as many that stand out. Like obviously, like you mentioned, the opening scene, either with uh, Esther or with Paul, is is good. Giuseppe. So I'm not going to touch on that anymore. Um, and I and I I'm going to say my honorable mention first because I don't want to make it my favorite scene, but the scene at the climax of the movie where Sophie just t- turns the gun on her head and takes herself out. I like that scene because it is, you know very abrupt and it's just kind of like, you know, 30 seconds, you realize she's going to do it. It's over. It's like, what the hell just happened? Um, this is where it kind of gets into the fact that the movie's PG 13. I mean, I feel like that scene and several other in this movie that could have been much better if it was a rated R movie. So that's what kind of hurts that scene in my mind. I agree. Uh,
0: yeah, I PG 13 really killed the movie for me at least.
2: I mean, yeah, it definitely hurt it. It definitely hurt it for sure. Um
1: It feels almost like the no, the gonna... censors of the movie, they were like, We'll let you have this first scene, but everything after that, you have to tone down all the blood, all the gore, I can't see anything. You know, the the most the, the most uh gruesome the movie got was simply when the Diana was getting burned by the UV light. Where no blood, no nothing, it's just kind of nasty skin burning. So I think this movie, actually, I would have given it a bump up, too, if there was a, a bit more gore, or they made Diana a bit more
2: uh, menacing in her violence. But uh, for, for sure. Um, so my actual favorite scene was two-parter. So it's the one where the mom has, they're going to do like a, a movie night, just her and Martin. But it ends up, of course, being her, Martin, and Diana's there too. So Martin just fucking runs away from the house and somehow ends up at Rebecca's apartment. That part makes no sense. Like this is just like a 10-year-old child like running away from his mom's house and going downtown to his sister's apartment. So he just shows up at the door. That's not the scene, but it sets up where he's in there with uh, her. Um, Brett goes out to get food for them, and they're just kind of hanging around in her room. And Diana kind of appears because Diana, like, realizes they're conspiring against her. So um, Martin kind of almost gets dragged under the bed. I thought that was actually kind of a pretty good scene. It was a little spooky. So I'm going to go with the scene where Rebecca and Martin are, are fucking around in a room and Martin almost gets dragged under the bed. Good scene. I almost forgot about that one. And then Brett just walks in with food like, you hungry? <laughs>
0: All right. And then for me, um, definitely want to give an honorable mention. You already kind of touched on it, Chris, but the scene where um, it's just the mother and Martin watching that movie. Um, And then I I just think it's a very uncomfortable scene when she like just shuts the lights off on her son and kind of like pins him down um, and tries to like make him comfortable with, with Diana. She's slowly creeping up, walking up to him. I thought that was a very creepy scene. You know, he just runs out from there and she, Pops up in his face. Um, I thought that scene was pretty good. I'm just going to give that one an honorable mention. But I thought my favorite scene would be when Martin is just walk around the house at the beginning and that um, he goes up to talk to his mom and that that creepy hand just kind of curls its way around the door. I think that was my favorite scene. I, th-
2: I like that one because like after that, he runs to his room and then like cl- slams his door and then like, you know, there's the hand like shaking the door and kind of banging on the doors, which is you know, stereotypical spooky movie, but it was good aspect. Yeah. I uh,
0: also want to give an honorable mention. I thought like the, I think it was a couple different scenes when Diana was kind of like digging her nails into the ground and like carving stuff out. Like the sounds of that. I thought like the, the digging into the, the ground, um, like some of the door turns, scratching on the door, those sounds were also pretty well. So not really a scene in particular, but just wanted to give a shout out to. Some of those sound effects it just sounded pretty pretty brutal, like digging into doors in the ground, stuff like that. I thought it was pretty good.
2: Yeah, a little bit of nail on chalkboard, so yeah, with scratching. Exactly,
0: there. but All yeah, right. those are my honorable mentions. But favorite scene would be that the fingers creeping around the door. Nice, cool.
2: You guys want to want to hear some fun? Yeah, let's go into some spooky trivia. All right, so talking about Diana, the. It wasn't all, like, CGI. Like, there was an actual, like, lady in a suit type vibe where they, that director, Mr. Sandberg, he wanted people, or he wanted to have it be as authentic as possible. So, he actually filmed a lot of it with just the lighting you see, like, candlelight or flashlight. Like, that was the only lighting available on, on the set. Speaking of the set, before I go back to Diana, that set is actually the same house. That was in Ouija and uh, a sequel to Ouija. Ouija. Basically, copy paste uh, type of horror. Luigi. (laughs) Waluigi. (laughs) Yeah. Wait. The
1: (laughs) The trilogy goes Ouija and then Ouija Origin of Evil, then Luigi, then Waluigi Reloaded.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Waluigi's Mansion. Spooky Mansion. Yeah, Diana's. The, the costume that was used for... Like, you see only her eyes and then a silhouette most of the time. The eyes were just reflective tape. So, a little fun fact there. Um, the... So, the people who were auditioned to play the role of Martin, who was the young child, they had to do an improv scene with the director, David Sandberg, where basically he would take a flashlight from them and they just had to, like, do something to, like, how they would try to get it back. And apparently... The actor Gabriel Bateman, who plays Martin, he was the only potential actor to just try to fucking like beat him up and take it back from him, and he actually hurt the actor, or the director, in the process. Oh. Shout out Martin for beating up the director. Should have picked another kid get the role. Jesus, yeah, right? Um, and so the basement of the house um, mysteriously caught fire a few months after production wrapped. Hmm. So haunted basement.
0: Caught fire for the shitty acting, in John's opinion.
2: Yeah, it was probably that fucking kid <laughs> that
1: set it on fire. That fucking child actor.
0: <laughs> nice. Fucked
1: everything up.
2: There was, there's not really much else fun facts about this movie, to be honest. So actually, kind of hurts the movie's overall value.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna lose point one point for not having much fun trivia. No, just kidding.
2: No, just kidding.
1: But I do have a score question for you, Chris, because I see that you've given Friday the 13th Part 1 and Lights Out a 2.5. Uh, which movie yep. would you prefer to watch? Or, or, let's put it this way. Of the two movies, which do you prefer?
2: I'm going to set the scene to where it's just me. I'm sitting down putting on a movie. It's probably nighttime, you know, just wanting to watch a scary movie. I'd probably put on Friday the 13th only because, you know, it's it's more of a thriller and it's kind of, funnier so I can kind of get some yucks out of it too probably have a couple drinks and you know enjoy that lights out has more of a niche role in my life and you know like I said it's kind of a good movie to watch with others and probably better to watch in a theater so I would say Friday the 13th but nice you know the score is nice. nice all of these things. nice yeah
0: it's a good couples movie
1: I would agree though some about this film feels like it would be a chick movie I don't know if it's the jump scare portion of it or I don't know. It feels a little more, more than Friday the Thirteenth Part One for sure. I don't know what about it oh, lends yeah. itself to that, but I, I totally agree with you there. All right, cool. I just wanted to check. Keep it honest in the rankings.
2: Well, um, that's about all I got to say about this movie. So if you guys don't have anything else, we can give uh give an insight into what we'll be talking about. I next
1: have time. one last thing to say because uh, it's probably the last time I'll ever speak on this movie. Uh, <laughs>
0: this movie fucking blows.
1: All right, that's all I had to say.
0: <laughs> before we before we talk about what we're uh, going to be watching next, do you want to talk about like our plans for the the future at the pod?
1: Oh yeah, um, I'll I'll give a, a brief uh, schedule of events here. So uh, we got we are in the midst of spooky season, as everyone knows. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, uh, we were recording this October twelfth, so we are thoroughly in the midst of spooky season. Uh, this week, obviously, we will be uh, we'll be releasing this episode next week. Will be another non Halloween week, so we will be watching another movie. Sauce, would you care to fill in the people as to what we're watching?
0: I honestly, I don't even remember what did we decide on.
1: Oh Jesus Christ, we just did the fucking thing! All right, Chris, do you mind telling the people what we're going to be watching next week?
2: No, I don't. I don't mind at okay. all, John.
1: Um, in that case, we're going to skip right ahead. Where will be there'll be no episode next week. Just kidding. I will tell you guys what we are watching. We are watching Possessor Uncut uh the uncut version of the movie possessor came out in 2017 so we have that to look forward to i have seen it once before you guys have not seen it correct
0: yes that is correct
1: Yeah, so we'll be watching that it is a uh a, a relatively new release uh sci-fi horror movie um that i i actually quite enjoyed i'm uh excited to revisit and uh, the following week will be uh, the Hollow Week. It'll be the Halloween week where we will be watching. We have mandated that Halloween, uh, the original, will be reviewed on the podcast. Uh, and then after that, we are planning on watching a movie that is currently in theaters. It's been out apparently since September, it is uh, in the box office right now. It will be the movie Smile. So we already have three movies planned out. Uh, for the foreseeable future. And like we said uh, at the start of this episode, this is the first weekly release uh, cast since we've done the uh, care package drop upon uh, initial release. So keep staying tuned. We are going to try to drop the episodes uh, on Sundays and Mondays, um, depending on the given week. If there's any particular, you know, requests about if you guys want to see um, any type of movies, please let us know. We have our Instagram up and running at Horror Fiends Podcast. Uh, or at Horror Fiends, you will see us right there. Uh, we have some very uh, great original artwork by Kate Hartman. Uh, I have to say that it is a phenomenal representation of the three of us. So please give us a follow over there. We are on Spotify. We will be up on Apple Podcasts shortly. For now, uh, go right to Sp- uh, Spotify uh,
2: if you like any of our episodes. First person to uh, send us an email gets it read at live on yes. the podcast. <laughs> yep. We... Say anything. We
1: will. We will it. have a particular segment where Sauce will uh, attempt to read your email, and he will translate to Spanish for you. He is <laughs> fluent in Spanish, so Sauce will read it to you. So please send anything that you have over to us. Do we have any other news or anything like that that we want to put out there?
0: I mean, I I just wanted to touch on the fact we are uh, just based on like feedback from friends. We are eventually down the road going to look to maybe. Um, incorporate some video or some webcams so you guys can also see our faces i think it'll be a pretty big deal to to also get some visuals along with the podcast and um, do a face reveal so that's up and coming we don't really know an exact date we're kind of going to kind of mess around with the the webcam see if we can make it work but um, definitely in the near future we're going to look to incorporate some videos as well so
1: yep I'm looking also to uh, eventually uh, down the road, start a Patreon as well. Um, We haven't totally decided on what we want to have on our Patreon yet, but we will be delivering extra content uh, for, it's going to be a a very small cost. Um, So if any of you guys like the show um, and you want to help us out, that'd be awesome. So we will get that up and running shortly. Yeah. If you want, send us nudes, send us uh, any horror movie suggestions that you want to put into our marble race pool. We will definitely add them in there for you. Uh, right now, uh, again, for anyone who doesn't know for the first time listening, we do a marble race to decide, uh, other than, because this is a spooky season, other than uh, two pre d- preset movies in Halloween and, and Smile, um, we will do a marble race where we have a giant pool of movies that race each other on marbles on stream, and whoever wins the marble pool is a movie that we review for the following week. That is how we just decided to watch uh, Possessor Uncut. So, um, yeah, if you guys have any suggestions, please let us know. I think that just about does it for, for lights out.
2: When uh when we get the YouTube up and running, obviously incorporating the the face cam and all that stuff, we should definitely put out like just little little short clips of us live streaming the marble race. I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, we'll live a good stream idea. it and then save it, upload it maybe if we can figure out how to We can get do that. some live yeah.
1: reactions to the marble races, no doubt about that.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So I, I think that just about wraps her up then um we'll see you guys next week for possessor uncut uh go watch that movie uh rub your eyes all over your television screen or your computer monitor or your phone get a uh, possessor uncut deep into your bowels if necessary shove the disc up your ass and um we'll see you next week